Uh, Dhruva, I'm deeply impressed by the Australia-India Strategic Partnership, this new paper by Lowy Institute, which looks at ways in which you can accelerate security cooperation in the Indo-Pacific. I've been arguing for a long time that the Australia-India relationship is an idea whose time has come, uh, particularly because there's a convergence of both values and interests. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, there's no real issue on which we have a zero-sum relationship. Uh, mm -hmm. I, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, thank you very much. It, it means a lot coming from you, especially as somebody who's who's been following the India-Australia relationship for so long. Um, and uh, you know, I, I partly you know wrote this because I think there was a this, there was a, a difference between what I perceived um, between what seemed to be actually happening in the bilateral relationship, particularly in the last few years, uh, and the general sort of press coverage and, and rhetoric around it, uh, both in India and in Australia, which which tended to be very pessimistic and. You know, we've been talking a lot and nothing has been happening. And what I want, uh, you know, I, I felt it was important to document is all the things that had been happening. You know, the, the big, as you point out very succinctly and, and, and correctly, that, uh, you know, there's a convergence of values and interests. And I think what I try to document is how some of the, um, the differences in values and perceptions have been overcome. And these included sort of the, basically the post-Cold War period, uh, some of the differences over regional issues, including the you know different perceptions on Pakistan, uh, had been overcome. Uh, very importantly, India's nuclear mainstreaming and how uh, that had been a, a, a hindrance as well, particularly after India's 1998 nuclear tests and how how that was resolved. Uh, and also just the deepening of the bilateral relationship, including the economic and trade relationship uh, and the people-to-people -people contacts, particularly the education and um, educational contacts between the two countries. So uh, all of this in some ways meant a, a convergence on the value side. And then, of course, the new drivers, which are more uh, interest-based, uh, that uh, have um, uh, added to uh, concerns, uh, the shared concerns, including the rise of China and China's behavior, uh, the concerns about regional institutions, particularly ASEAN-led institutions, uh, and also concerns about the United States and its future role uh, in the Indo-Pacific, doubts about its future role. So th this combination of values and interests, I think, are, ha ha as I saw it, were, were driving this uh, together and were reinforced by my conversations uh, with security officials in both countries. What I really liked about the paper was uh, the manner in which you're able to uh, draw upon history, um, some ways the lessons of history, and then uh, crystal ball towards the future. I mean, I was uh, in Australia, in Melbourne, when uh, Prime Minister Modi uh, visited uh, Australia, the first Indian Prime Minister to visit Australia after Rajiv Gandhi's visit. And he really electrified uh, the country. I mean, there was obviously a diasporic element to it. But when he spoke in Parliament or when he spoke to business leaders, you could see that there had been a major shift. Of course, it's taken time for that shift to transform mm -hmm. into real policy dividends. But mm -hmm. in terms of security cooperation, I know both countries have in the past been much more hesitant than they are mm -hmm. now, and uh, naturally so, given what's happening with China. But you 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 recommend four uh, four areas where there is scope for much greater collaboration. One area, mm -hmm. and I would want you to really expand on these, but one area which you do not uh, highlight um, is intelligence sharing. I know everyone says that uh, five eyes is not uh, on the table. It's far too built into the 
relationship that these countries have had over the last since the post second world war period so india mm-hmm. can never think of being a part of the five eyes but isn't that kind of a leap of faith and imagination and institutional processes that would allow whatever residue in terms of trust deficit to be overcome finally mm-hmm. no absolutely i think uh, that's correct that intelligence cooperation is um um is, is you know is is an important factor i i didn't uh, address it very much partly because a lot of uh, those dealings are in the classified domain and i was only operating on you know what was publicly available public source uh, uh, information um but you know i i i think i would i would put it in you know into the category of my first set of recommendations which was really to to uh, provide some priority and structure to the bilateral consultations and i think intelligence would be one one important aspect of that but today we have so many uh, official avenues of engagement between india and australia including a 2+2 dialogue between the foreign and defense ministries uh, and which has just been upgraded to a ministerial conversation um but also some more working level uh, discussions on both on issues um as well as uh, trilaterals with other countries including japan indonesia and france so what i you know one priority i had was uh, one suggestion i had was to was to provide some more structure to these engagements even at the working level and even i i would extend it to the intelligence domain as well uh, the the one doubt on five eyes particularly is you know five eyes came out of a very you know decades of cooperation amongst five anglophone um uh, you know liberal democracies and it's i i don't i won't rule out the possibility of india becoming more integrated with some of the five eyes mechanisms um but you know already we're starting to see japan making some steps towards yeah. suggesting its inclusion in six eyes um uh and and so again i won't rule it out completely 